Welcome to the Mom Manual. Motherhood doesn't come with instructions, but it should. We are on a mission to highlight ordinary moms doing extraordinary things to build the ultimate mom manual. Every week, I have the distinct honor of speaking with women about the lessons they've learned and the inspiration that got them to where they are today. Join us for a conversation that will spark creativity, provide actionable tips, and celebrate the ordinary and extraordinary moments of motherhood. The Mom Manual starts now. Hi, everyone. This is Tara Williams with The Mom Manual. I have an amazing guest today. Kayla is a registered nurse, a certified bariatric educator, a certified sleep consultant, a mom of two, and the founder of Serenity Sleep Consulting. Hi, thank you so much for having me today. It's great. I'm excited for you to be here. And Kayla just told me this is her first podcast, which I cannot believe because you have a crazy Instagram following. So I know there's a ton of moms who want to hear about everything you have to say for sleep consulting. Kayla, you have so many designations. Can you tell us how is there time in one person's life to become all these things? So I'm still kind of questioning that myself, but I will say that coming right out of high school, I went right into a compressed nursing program. So I did it over three years. I worked as a nurse for about 12 years before starting my family and throughout my nursing career really got into the background of nutrition. So that's when I obtained my certification as a bariatric educator. And my job was to help clients eat well, exercise, and lose weight to help manage their chronic disease. So it was really a coaching program. And I had a lot of success. It was wonderful. And then I decided that we were going to start our family. And having my little baby boy during, you know, the global pandemic and during lockdown was nothing that I think anyone can prepare themselves for, never mind being sleep deprived. And I just really got into the books and a lot of research on infant sleep. And then Eli turned six months and I was pregnant yet again. And I was like, I need to know everything there is to know about sleep. So I decided to get my certification as a sleep consultant and started helping friends. And my husband just said, like, give it a go. Why don't you make this something more than just a little thing you do on the side? And that's kind of how Serenity was born. So I had a eight month old, I was pregnant and I launched my business. So that's kind of how the progression happened. That's awesome. So relatively new. And when you told me you had two COVID babies thought, how is that even possible? But it has been, it's been two years now. My My son was born exactly when everything shut down, you know, March, 2020. And then six months later I was pregnant again. So when my daughter came, the world was still in this lull of COVID. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's, I, I can't believe we're still here. We're in California and we just got a notice today that we could take off masks. (laughs) Oh, that is very exciting. It is very exciting, but I'm, and I keep saying no pun intended, not holding my breath because I don't (laughs) know how long it will last until they say, nope, put them back on. So today, naturally she is going to talk to us about sleep. Do you want to jump into our first takeaway? Yes, I would love to. So my one biggest thing that I would educate others is to pre-plan before your baby arrives. And that comes down to education. Being a registered nurse, I felt fairly confident going into motherhood and knowing the baby's going to eat a lot and they're going to sleep and I'm going to be sleep deprived, but you just kind of roll with it. And I realized once my son arrived, how little I knew about the importance of infant sleep needs and how to support my son. So it left me in a very sleep deprived state. 
you know, everything from nursing and latching and what are wake windows, like what is that made me very lost in the mix of it all. And to try to navigate that when you're being woken up every hour is just a lot. It's really daunting. Never mind not having family or friends be able to come over and help because of lockdown. So my biggest piece of advice is to pre-plan before baby arrives. Educate yourself on, you know, baby sleep needs, their feed needs, do what you can when it comes to, you know, prenatal classes. Most of us do take it. We also take classes with regards to labor and delivery, but not many of us are taking, you know, a sleep course or a sleep class. And so we're kind of going into it, not even knowing how to meet our baby's needs developmentally. And I think that is the key to success in the early days. I also want to add that I think it's really important to talk to whoever it is that is your support system. So if that's your partner, discussing what it looks like, who's going to take, you know, maybe shifts at night, or if mom's breastfeeding, is dad going to help bring baby to mom and then maybe do the diaper changes at night? Like, what does that look like? Because when you're in it uh, and you're both sleep deprived, you can really get at each other. Yeah. I think that is such a great point. And for me, Um, you know, it's so funny when you go into motherhood, you have this, I always think of the birth plan, right? And then it goes how it goes, but you also, I think a lot of people plan to breastfeed. And so that was my plan. And because of that, I just thought my husband can't help me at night because I'm feeding baby. What else would he do? And I know sometimes our family of origin, you know, parents, mom, dad can influence how we raise our kids in general and, and things specifically like this, where you're a first time mom, you don't know. I grew up in a really traditional household where my dad was the breadwinner and he went to work and my mom did work two days a week, but only for a few hours. And so it was really like your dad's like the, the man of the house, if you will, and he has the job and I'm home. And so I remember her telling me, my husband's name is Rob. Rob should sleep in another room at the beginning, because he'll be working and you will just take care of the baby at night and you'll be breastfeeding. So there's nothing he can do to help. And so that was really just my mindset going into it. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. while I have a partner who's supportive and willing to help, I never asked him. And in fact, I was like, oh no, you go rest somewhere else. And so, and, and I actually did that for all four of my kids. And I don't know, it just, in hindsight now I'm like, man, I, I had my kids a little bit younger than most of my friends. My daughter was born when I was 25. And so I was pretty much done having kids by 30. And that's when most of my friends started having kids. And then I would see them with their husbands helping and they'd show, you know, on Instagram. And I'm like, man, I should have done that. So can you talk to us a little bit about a nighttime plan and what that looks like and how to navigate if you have typically most women get maternity leave. So even if you do work, you are home with the baby and yeah. even you are planning a breastfeed. Like, how does that work? How do you start that conversation? Um, what do you do if you have a husband or partner that's like, I don't really want to help. It's, you know, you're the one feeding the baby. Like, what would that look like? Yeah. I would say if your partner doesn't want to help get a new partner. No, I'm joking. I think that like partnership is really important. And, you know, we all have maybe, I don't want to say chores, but tasks uh, that we do. Right. So I do the dishes because my husband's the better cook, but it's good to have balance in a relationship. And when I think it comes down to nighttime, Of course, if mom is deciding to breastfeed and she wants to do that even exclusively, then dad can't participate in that. But to make the process easier, dad can get the baby, bring baby to mom, mom could latch and everything. And then upon that, once the feeding's done, 
dad takes over, he can do the diaper change and essentially try to resettle baby. This also would help break away from specifically feeding baby to sleep, which works in the beginning, but over time can be problematic. So having a little bit of a shift after the feed, such as a diaper change, and then dad's taking the reins on putting baby down, one helps with the father baby bond. And it also gets mom the ability to rest and recruit because that's what her body needs. Whether we gave birth vaginally or via C-section, we're sore and we need to recover. And fundamentally how we recover is with sleep. And so I would talk about both parents should be part of the bedtime routine. And the reason that this is important is so that baby doesn't have a preference of only allowing mom to put them down. I've worked with families where baby sees dad and actually screams bloody murder. Dad can't even do the bedtime routine. So having both parents participate in the bath, getting PJs, and then, you know, mom feeds, dad kind of can take the reins on the rest. Or another opportunity is doing it in shifts. So mom can take, you know, the first shift and then dad can maybe do the early morning after baby's been fed. If a parent is open to using bottles, then dad can also do the dream feed. And that's something my husband and I did. I did breastfeeding, but then the dream feed my husband took care of and the rest of the feeds were up to me. What are other things like that that women come to you and want to talk about that any listeners might think, okay, that's helpful. With, with regards to specifically sleeping? Yeah. And just educating yeah. or maybe talking to a partner or even educating yourself. Like, is there anything that as a mom of two that surprised you where you thought, oh man, I didn't expect this or, you know, you don't know till you know, or till you do it. Yes. I would say that I didn't realize that being as sleep deprived as I was with my son, because he woke up in the beginning every single hour all night long. Like it was atrocious. Yeah. I didn't realize the emotional and mental toll that it would take. I didn't realize that I would start to like honestly regret being a mom and have like such a negative impact with like, and me ended up getting postpartum depression, anxiety. So I think, you know, when you're the one that is being able to feed your baby, when do you get a break? Right. And so Can you have your partner, you know, take care of a nap during the day? So maybe mom, you can get a two to three hour stent of sleep in and then feed the baby, right? I think it's just really important if if mom is taking care of all the night feeds or she has an off night with baby, who's going to be in place during the day to fill in a few hours where mom can actually get the rest that she needs and deserves. And, you know, I think it's so interesting because we all hear that you won't sleep when baby arrives and we know that. But I don't think you can really, truly appreciate what it means to not sleep for several months and be yeah. every hour. I'm sure you've heard, I started dreaming on baby and it was because my son was six months still waking up every hour and a half. I mean, uh-huh. yeah, you, you talk about that being atrocious for the first month, which yes, but at six months, I mean, I was truly at a breaking point and yeah. you begin to, or at least I did resent your baby and be mad, yeah. mad at my son. I, every night would be like, okay, we're going to do this again. And I would be angry with him. And it, it's so sad because it's like, you're looking at this precious, like miracle gift and saying, I'm mad at you. It's Which is the, the epitome of being sleep deprived, right? Like you can't even think clearly at that point. It is really hard. Kayla, let's jump into the next takeaway. 
Okay, so setting the foundation, there is nothing after, you know, having a plan in place more important than the foundation, the environment in which our babies sleep. So we need to put this into perspective that our babies are very snug in utero for the entire duration of a pregnancy. It is absolutely pitch black, essentially. It is very noisy and it is very snug. And so when we bring these babies, you know, earth side, and we try to put them down on their back, not necessarily confined, right, with a silence and a bright room, they're likely not going to nap or sleep very well. A very silent room is very eerie to the baby. Um, It's very unfamiliar. So that is why white noise really, really does make a difference. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to white noise, we want it to be at a certain decibel level that really does help with sleep cycle connection. So ideally, white noise should be playing at a volume that produces 50 decibels. And there's a ton of free decibel apps that people can download to test this out. So white noise is huge for naps and nighttime sleep. That's why sometimes parents will note, well, my baby sleeps so well during the day. It's often because the TV's on, music's on, there's chatting amongst family members. And then at night, some parents are not using white noise. Everything's off and quiet and baby can really struggle to fall asleep. And the other thing is that dark environment. Darkness helps produce uh, melatonin and that helps with sleep. So having really proper blackout blinds or curtains, I have both. If you need a product, I you know definitely have one that I would mention and recommend. And then the other thing is about feeling that snug fit. So this is what it comes down to a product such as the one that you have created, <laughs> because we want to make sure that our babies are feeling that secure snug fit. And now not every baby wants to have their arms down and by their side. They want their arms, they want their hands to be accessible to them. So if a particular traditional sleep sack or swaddle does not work for your baby, what is available? I can't tell the world how many products I have tried with my littles and some of them work like magic, but that doesn't mean that product is going to work across the board for every baby because every baby's unique and has different needs. But in general, swaddling your baby in some regard is going to help because they're going to feel that snug, uh, comforted um, feeling. And that's really important for sleep as well. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. So it's kind of like a, a three, three pieces that I hear over and over and over. And it's that white noise, swaddle, blackout curtains. You got uh, it. In terms of, you know, I think you hear some people saying, well, I feel like I'm buying a lot of things and I don't know if I'm going to need it or not. And I mean, obviously you need the diapers and the crib and things like that. But if we're talking about setting a newborn foundation, do you recommend a specific noise machine or you like just try it on your phone first and see, like, how do you recommend people kind of go about the buying process? When it comes to white noise, I'm obsessed with the hatch. I can't even tell you how many times I've purchased them for our own home, for my mother, you know, father-in-law's home, for my parents' home in case the kids are napping there as a baby gift for my sister. And so I think I just, it's, it's amazing. And the reason being is because you can use this to your advantage when your little one is a toddler and they're maybe waking up early or trying to get out of their sleep space at 5 a.m. So it is really multi-use. Also, the ability to control the volume from your phone. So if your baby's stirring and you need to help lull them back to sleep, 
increasing the white noise just slightly can help. And so doing that from the comfort of your, your own room or phone is really just a lot easier. It also has a toddler lock. So that is my one for white noise. Yeah. I'm friends with the founder and I love her, but I love the company and they're in the adult space now. So that's one that yeah. I am looking at for myself because every time, if, if anyone listens to the podcast, they know anytime we've had a sleep consultant come on and we talk about baby sleep, I sleep like a baby. Like I want an eye mask for the yeah. blackout. I want the ear plug so I don't hear more things. Like I, I listen to, you know, something to fall asleep with. So it's the white noise component. I have my weighted blanket. <laughs> yeah. I always joke, I'm like, give me a pacifier and I'm a baby. But yeah, that hatch is such a great one. And then is there a, like an inexpensive blackout shade that you recommend? I love sleep out. The reason being is that it's portable. So when it comes to, you know, traveling, if you want to go to a camp, your cottage on a vacation, staying at an Airbnb, going to friend or family's house, and you need your baby to have a nap there. It's so multi-use and so easy. I had COVID uh, last week and I did a demo putting it up on my own. I felt, you know, weak in general that day. And I still did it without the help of my husband. So that would be my go-to. And we'll, if people are like scribbling down notes, we'll include links in the show notes so we can get all of these to you guys. And then I know you recommend the Dreamland Baby Swaddle. Absolutely. A hundred percent. It's amazing. Yes. So that our swaddle is really neat because not only is it a swaddle, but also it has the even distribution of weight from the shoulder yeah. all the way down to the toe. That's all we use. But do you recommend if somebody doesn't want to use a weighted one and they want to try it? Ours is definitely on the higher side. It's $85. So there's some right. like maybe an inexpensive one that you recommend as well. I will say for babies that prefer their arms up or to have access to their hands, I uh, love to dream like swaddle arms up would be, you know, that's my daughter really wanted to have access to her hands. So that is what worked for her. Yeah. If she couldn't, you know, suck on the little flaps, she was really distraught about it. And, and it is, you know, more of the affordable side. So for babies with arms up, that is the route that I would take. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting about that one. We have a lot of customers who combine ours. So they use our yep. sack and then they put, they put the love to dream on first and then they put our sleep sack on second. So baby can have arms up and we, we get a lot of questions on like, is it safe? Is it okay? And they have a really low tog and so do we. So it's totally fine if somebody wants to combine the two. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And then the cool thing about our sleep sack is it's zero to six months. So it can be used. Our swaddle converts to a sleep sack, but if you wanted to combine them, like you can do both on that. Thank you for those recommendations. Do you want to bring us into our third takeaway? Yes. So supportive tools and resources. So evaluate me. So this is when it comes down to kind of encompassing all the things that I've already discussed. So who is your support system and what are your supportive tools or resources? So we just, we talked about products, right? What can you buy or how can you create the most conducive sleep environment to be most supportive to your little ones? That's when it comes down to the, the tools, right? Your, your swaddles, your sleep sacks, your blackout, your white noise. But when it comes down to the support, Yes, your you know, mom or mother-in-law could come over and snuggle the baby, but do you have the education in how to manage wake windows, how to adjust the schedule, how to lay baby down and you know, try either guiding them to sleep or allow them to fall asleep without necessarily always feeding or rocking asleep because of how problematic it can be in four or five or six months down the road. And I never knew what sleep consultants did. 
when I had my son. Yeah. I honestly thought a sleep consultant was somebody who would basically advise you to put your baby down, say goodnight, shut the door, and you don't check on them. Like that was my perception of a sleep consultant. And had I known that that was not true, I honestly would have, you know, taken a course, done a guide, talked to a sleep consultant, had them as my support system in the beginning with my son, because there were absolutely things I ended up figuring out on my own, but the hard, um, but the hard way, exactly. But, you know, looking back, I mean, I spent money to do a full-blown course. And I figured if I never do a business for myself, that's okay. I'll know what I need to know for my daughter. And to me, that was invaluable, right? Like that amount of money didn't even matter because I had the tools to always manage her sleep. And that's why I'm able to do this right now because she's napping and there's no concern of her waking up or struggling or needing me to rock her back to sleep every 10, 15 minutes because she has that skill set. So having someone that you trust that meets your comfort level and that could provide you with a plan of action, I think is really important. There's so many different ways you can use a sleep consultant. You know, if that is a one-on-one or taking a course or there's group courses. And there's, I think the other interesting thing is there's different types of sleep consultants. So I actually saw that you consider yourself a holistic sleep consultant. Can you talk to us just a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So we really need to look at the whole picture. A baby is not going to sleep well, no matter how much money you spend on swaddles and sleep sacks, how good your white noise is, how dark the room is, if they are not well fed. A baby is only able to sleep longer stretches when they have the proper caloric intake in to sustain them for longer stretches of sleep. So of course, if a mom is exclusively breastfeeding and struggling, then teaming up with a lactation consultant is extremely important, but that is something I also, I'm not a lactation consultant, but I do want to talk to the moms about and make sure we have a game plan. What do the feeds look like during the day? Because how your day is managed is the exact equation to whether you have a better night or not. We want to look at the baby's feet. So we want to look at developmental milestones. Is your baby, you know, doing enough tummy time in a day? Because exerting that energy and building that like core and that muscle strength is so important when it comes to sleep as well. The quicker babies are able to, you know, do their rolling from back to belly and belly to back, they will automatically kind of become a better sleeper. They get into these better positions and a lot of, you know, tension. If baby needs to have an assessment, whether that's a chiro care or, or even physio, there's so many aspects that could impact your little one's sleep that you might not even be thinking of. So I try to look at the whole picture. When I think of different types of sleep consultants, like there's some that focus more on the cry it out method, right? Or some that are, there's, there's kind of two ends of that spectrum. Like don't let the baby cry at all, or just completely let them cry. I don't know that I even have heard people talk about it in this manner where it's like, you're looking at every part of the feeding, the sleeping, the education. So I really love that. You know, one thing I heard somebody say was having a sleep consultant is like, if you had a therapist and you use medication, right? So like the yeah. one is like the therapist and the medication would be the tools like Dreamline Baby or the white noise. And I think as the founder of Dreamline Baby, that's something that we completely support. So we have people who will reach out and say, you know, they'll see the testimonials of people saying first night, my baby slept 12 hours. You know, that was yeah. my experience. And we have a lot of people that are like that. However, 
their baby is one month old <laughs> and they're saying mm-hmm. work for me. Why isn't my baby sleeping 12 hours? And we're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're like your baby can't sleep 12 hours because exactly. they need to be feeding. And so there's an educational component to understand when are those wake windows, just like you talked about, when should you expect different sleep durations and different milestones? Yeah. And if you have been, you know, for six months, breastfeeding your baby to sleep and then rocking them and, you know, they don't have the tools to be exactly. able to, you know, self-soothe if they wake up in the middle of the night. And so then we have yes. like that that say, well, I put it on the first night and it didn't work. And we're like, well, the baby needs to adjust. And so I think having the two, that's like the dream team in my mind. I want to be so clear to everybody listening that you don't have to invest a lot of money in a sleep consultant. Don't feel like the money piece is holding you back because I think so many people just don't even look into it because they just think I can't afford it. It's, it's not for me. Do you have any, I'm sure you have a lot of free stuff, like even on Instagram, there's tons of free things, but do you have any inexpensive courses or something you'd recommend for somebody that says like, I don't, I just don't have enough money to buy this stuff right now. So yeah, on my social media accounts, I, all of those resources are free resources to the point where I've had people who've never hired me, who have messaged me and said, my baby is sleeping, you know, all night or what is age appropriate, six to eight hour stretches, depending on their age, based off of what I've just read on your account. Thank you so much. And, you know, likely those people knew maybe that they couldn't have a one-on-one sleep consultant, but they used the free resources and they figured it out it's possible. I do offer a sleep shaking session. So this is specifically for those families that are expecting, but they're wanting to understand wake windows. They're wanting to know what a sample schedule looks like in the newborn stage for those first 12 weeks. That particular program, it's virtual is $95 Canadian. And so, you know, that's something that they can watch, they could rewatch. And if they wanted more of the one-on-one support or going into a bridge program, it is at a higher price point. But for those that want it, they have said, my baby is now sleeping 10 to 12 hours straight, again, for what is age appropriate when the time comes. So yeah, you you just really can't put a price on sleep. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's how I feel. But yeah, that's how I feel. I remember when I first came out with Dreamland Baby and and for my son, you know, he was waking up every hour and a half at six months old. And then he slept for 12 hours straight the first night we used it. And it was just, it was truly like a miracle. I mean, to the point where I'm like, this, this can't even be right. It has to be a fluke. But then, you know, the next day you took a nap. Yeah. The day after that, he slept again. And so I remember I was trying to figure out how to price the product because there's so many things that go into a business, as I'm sure you know, that people think, oh, if it costs, you know, just example, if it costs $10 to make, you, you should sell it for 15. It's like, well, no, because you'd lose money. There's, there's shipping and there's, you know, there's so many things that go into it. So I was trying to figure out like the right price. And I remember my dad said to me, make them $250. And he was like, there's no price on sleep. Like if somebody needs it, they'll buy it. And I'm like, okay, well, that's not right. Like we're, we'll, we'll price it to make a profit on it, like to keep the business alive. Yeah. But I, I just, I always thought it was such a funny statement because it really is true. Like I would have paid $250 for this product if I had known, like it would help my son go from right. every hour and a half to 12 hours. I think anybody would say, I will pay $250 to get a sleep course if it is going to get my baby to sleep. It, Absolutely. It, until you were there, you don't know how like desperate really you are and that it's just, you need to get that sleep again. So going back to your tip, you know, kind of a summary. So it's plan before baby arrives or education, 
set yeah. that sleep environment, white noise, swaddle, blackout shade, and then get the supportive resources and tools so you can evaluate your needs. Consider a sleep consultant, you know, if appropriate for you. Absolutely. Don't worry, everybody. We are going to put this all in the show notes. So if you are scrambling to, you know, get these links, we will have them for you below. Any other kind of final tips or thoughts? Yeah, I, I think what I want to say is, you know, when we invest um, in the products and the support systems, what we're really doing is creating a skill set that is, you know, for life. Yeah. So my little boy, even though I started this when he was, you know, so many weeks old, he's 23 months now and approaching 730, he walks upstairs he yeah. starts the bath with dad. He knows that it's, you know, diaper and PJs. He walks to his room and grabs his sleep sack and his now like tiny little lovey there. And he points to his crib. And I, I just don't think that there's anything like I watch it and I'm just completely amazed. Yeah. I don't battle with him. It's not an argument. He just knows the routine and he likes sleeping. Yeah. And we wake him up every morning and he wakes up happy because he's well rested and he's getting the rest that his this little body of his that's growing at such a rapid pace really truly needs developmentally. So I think sometimes when we're thinking of, you know, these products and investing in the support, you're not just investing for a very small period of time. This is something that should be, you know, helpful long-term. That's the goal of an independent sleeper. I think that's such a great point. My son now, who was my truly worst sleeper, um, like I said, six months old, wake up every and a half. He is going to be three or four in a couple months and he yeah. still takes a three hour nap every day. I mean, great. Like. It is glorious. And he knows every week he walks, you know, it's, he comes home from school, he gets his lunch and then he walks up to his room and it's like clockwork. And it's, it is a beautiful thing to see. And people keep joking with me. I cannot believe he still sleeps. I'm like, well, we just keep making bigger. Now he sleeps with, we have a toddler waiting blanket. So he just keeps sleeping with bigger, you know, we didn't, we didn't, but once you can set that sleep foundation, like it, it is work in the beginning and it is being disciplined and it is putting in the time, but it's like anything yeah. in life, like Absolutely. studying for a test, you're going to get a good result working out. You're going to be in shape. I mean, this is really, truly the same thing and it is worth your time. And I believe a monetary investment as well. Such a great point. Okay. We have a really fun, quick little fire round for you. Just a okay. couple fun questions. So don't be nervous. What are you currently binging on TV? I just finished, like just a few days ago, finished binging Wentworth. Wentworth. And you're located in Canada, right? Yes. Okay. So for US listeners, I haven't heard of that one. I'm assuming we watch the same TV, but I don't know for sure. It is. I, I'm actually surprised. I even just blurted that out because it is, it is very violent and graphic and oh, it is no. so not the world that I live in with these little babies. It's, it's really intense. Um, oh, it. it's very intense. It's not a world that I would ever know, but, but it's but, very action. Okay. But what is your most recent uh, book that you read? Okay, so I am currently in a secondary course right now um, with Summer Sleep Secrets. So all of my reading material is based around sleep. Okay, I love that more than anything because literally every guest that I have on here, like whatever their topic is, they're all that's what they're reading on, which yeah. I just love that. Um, okay, what's your best productivity app, like an app on your phone? Oh, that's a great question. I would probably say the Plan app. What, what's that one? 
I am able to upload my content and it can be pre-programmed to post. So if I'm ever away on vacation, uh, my followers are still getting the content, you know, every week my posts are just automatically uploading. Amazing. And what is your go-to de-stressor? Oh, a spa day. Oh, love a spa day. Amazing. Okay, Kayla, I have a ton of notes. I'm sure everybody wants to find you. Can you tell us where uh, listeners can find you? So you can uh, check me out either on Facebook or Instagram. I'm definitely a lot more active on Instagram. Serenity Sleep Consulting is the handle name there. Uh, And I also have a website, uh, serenitysleepconsulting.com, if you want to check me out on the website platform. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it.